And we have been going through uh, the themes of Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace. Today we're going to talk about joy. Um, I do have a video I want to share here really quickly with you, get you thinking about this. Hey, Ed, come check out my North Star Christmas tree topper at Levitate's. Is this a gummy bear? Yeah, we lost baby Jesus. Hey, check out these LED lights. I have them synced up to a 76-hour all-Christmas music playlist. There's my little Christmas DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you waiting till Christmas is over so you can go buy a new nativity set when they're on sale? Huh? No, no, oh no. We lost baby Jesus like 11 years ago. Is, is baby Jesus always a gummy bear? Oh, no, oh, we trade it out every year. Yeah, like uh, last year it was a uh, tiny troll doll. <laughs> and the year before that we used a uh, dog treat. They were the perfect size, but <laughs> Dalton kept taking them and eating them. You, you mean your dog kept stealing them? No, my son Dalton, he loves those dog treats. Especially the peanut butter ones. There was one year that we used a, uh, a doll head. That was creepy. We, we made a modeling clay, baby Jesus. So the dog took that one too. Um, one year we got desperate and used an ice cube. That was a miss and a mess. Yeah, just seems like everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. Say that again. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to last. And? And what? Say it again, slowly. Why? Just do it, dulcimo, slowly, do it. I don't understand what's happening. Just do it. This is getting weird. Say it! Fine! But when I'm done saying this, you're gonna march in here and you're gonna watch my star levitate. Fine, 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 do it. Fine. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, so sometimes we try to replace Jesus in our lives, and this goes right along with what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the last part of Advent today, and that's going to be joy. Now, sometimes we try to find joy in all different kind of places, don't we? We look for joy in our occupations. We look for joy in our family, our spouses, our friends, our hobbies. But true joy, as we know, comes from where? From Jesus, right? And so if you look in Luke chapter 2 with me, Luke chapter 2, if you have a Version Bible app on your phone, if you go to the events tab, it's there. Um, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to look at what the angels tell us about joy. All right, starting verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were what? Terrified, right? I mean, you're sitting there watching your sheep, all of a sudden, boom, there's an angel. That would be a little scary, right? But listen to what the angel said. The angel said, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great, what is that word? Joy. I will bring you good news of great joy to all people, the Savior Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and on earth peace to those with whom God is pleased. So listen to what the shepherds did. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them, just as they had been told. All right? So Lord, we thank you this morning that your birth brought joy. And Lord, the angel said it would be joy for all people. And so Lord, this morning, I pray that you'd help us to find that joy in you, to know that it's only found in you. We try to replace you with so many things. Lord, help us to look for you to be our joy this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we understand Christmas joy? How do we understand it? What does it mean to have real joy? So the first thing we have to understand is that joy, and I apologize on your notes, I put 2018. I'm a year behind somehow. I apologize, scratch it out, put 2019. I don't know what happened. So uh, we have to understand that joy and happiness are what? Two different things. We have to understand that joy and happiness are are two different things. There are things in life that can make us happy, but they don't give us what? Joy, because joy lasts. There are a lot of things that make us happy. Puppies make us happy, and then they irritate us, right? When they eat things in our house, and they make messes, right? Pizza makes us happy, and then it's gone, right? Coffee, well, coffee always makes us happy, but it's, <laughs> it's short-lived, right? All these things can make us happy, but they can't bring us joy. Real joy comes from God, and joy lasts in the good times. Joy lasts through the hard times. Joy stays with us. We may not feel happy, but we have joy because joy is knowing that everything's going to be okay. And Rick Warren, I quoted this in the past, but he said happiness and joy are two different things. He said joy and trouble can exist at the same time. Joy and trouble can coexist. And it's, it's almost like looking at a train track. If you look at a train track, what happens in the distance? They kind of merge together, don't they? They look like they merge. Joy and happiness are like that. They can, they can run at the same time. They can run parallel. We can be in the midst of an incredible experience and know that there's still trouble out there. We can be in the midst of a really difficult experience and understand that joy is still there with us. Happiness and joy aren't the same thing. So, the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. In Christ, we find true joy, and joy lasts. So what is the source? We have to understand, we have to identify the source of joy. The angel said, I bring good news of great joy for all people because Christ has been born. Now, when Jesus came, was it a great time for Israel? No. If you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about that. They were being oppressed. <laughs> they were being occupied by a foreign nation. And the Lord had said that you will be a blessing to all nations. And they said, right now, I don't see it. And we've been waiting for this Messiah. He comes as a baby? What is that? He said, I'm going to bring you joy. Joy doesn't always 
come in the best situations. In the midst of our struggles, we can still have joy in Christ. You may be having one of the darkest years you've ever had, but you can still have what? Joy, because joy is knowing that everything's going to be okay in the end because of Christ. C.S. Lewis said this, Joy itself, considered simply as an event in my own mind, turned out to be of no value at all. All that value lay in which joy was the desiring, and that object quite clearly was no state of my own mind or body at all. He said, I was looking for joy. Guys, this is what drove C.S. Lewis to Christ. He was an atheist. He was looking for joy, and he found it in Jesus. He says, I couldn't find it. It wasn't just an experience. It wasn't an event. It was the person I was looking for is what joy came from. Joy comes from Jesus, who is the source of our hope and our peace, not the situations around us. So I understand that joy and happiness aren't the same things. Joy comes from Christ, and we understand that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Joy is not dependent on my circumstances. Think about it. Who were the very first people to hear the Christmas message? <laughs> Shepherds. Was shepherding a glamorous life? Ooh. <laughs> no, you were out in the weather, and the hot and the cold. Wild animals attacked the sheep. Sheep aren't the brightest animals at all. They need constant care. Right? It's almost like having a bunch of two-year-olds all together. Right? They need constant supervision. They were poor. People didn't like, go to school. What do you want to be when you get older? I think I want to be a shepherd. That sounds awesome. Nobody says that. They were humble. They were poor. They were nomadic. They didn't get to stay in one place because they had to keep taking the sheep places to find pasture. They were outcasts. And Jesus' birth was notified or was told, was announced to these guys first. They weren't in fantastic circumstances, but he said, hey, you're going to have joy. And after they found Jesus, what did they do? It said they rejoiced. They went out and told everyone about what they had found. They had joy. Jesus was born, like I said, in non-ideal conditions. He wasn't born at the height of Israeli, Israeli society. He was born in a stable. A lot of people believe it was a cave. He was born around animals because Mary and Joseph couldn't find any room in an inn. Now think about this. If you were Mary and an angel comes and says, hey, you're going to have God's baby. And then they have to go to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph is from. You would think the angel would call ahead, right? And make a reservation. At least, you know, a bed and breakfast or something. But they get there and there's no room. What do you think Mary's thinking? I must have messed up somewhere. <laughs> something got crossed here because I'm in a stable. I have my baby around animals. The king in the universe came. And think about this. Jesus grew up under a Herod who thought he was a god. Jesus subjected himself to that. He was born away from home, away from friends, away from their comfort. But they still had joy. It says Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. And so a lot of us, if we looked at our lives right now, a lot of you would say, you know, this is probably not exactly where I thought I would be at this point in life. You know, this isn't exactly what I dreamed of when I was a kid. Maybe it is. But we have to understand that circumstances do not dictate whether or not we have joy. We can have joy no matter what our circumstances are. No matter where we're at. No matter what life stage. 
no matter what life transition we're in, we can still have joy. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's why we light these candles. That's why we sing these songs. And celebrate the fact that Jesus came and he brings joy into our lives. We have to recognize that joy is not based on our merits. It's not based on how good I am, how good I can be. I don't get joy if I'm good enough, and then joy doesn't get taken if I'm not. Joy is found in Jesus, not in me. I love this quote. A guy named Pastor Brian Bill said this, The Lord comes to the lowly, to the most undeserving, to the neglected and marginalized in order to show his power. The shepherds help us to see that God has a message for sinners just like us. Everyone matters to God. And the only announcement of Christ's birth goes out to a bunch of uneducated outcasts. Jesus came for us. And so joy doesn't come with money. Now money can make us happy for a while, right? Because money buys coffee. And money buys pizza. (laughs) And money can buy nice things. But money doesn't bring us joy. Joy comes through our relationship with Christ. And guys, that's what I hope you get this morning. I hope you can take this home with you. No matter what situation I'm in, no matter how good or how rough life is right now, I can have joy in Christ because he doesn't change. So how do we express it? How do we express this Christmas joy? There's a story about a a mom had her new baby in church. He was, I don't know, he was... I guess he wasn't a new baby. He was like two. He was sitting in her lap, and he kept turning around and smiling at everybody. She was sitting in the front row, and he kept smiling at everyone. And He wasn't being bad. He wasn't going through stuff in her purse. He wasn't scribbling on the hymnals. He was just kind of smiling at everyone. Everybody kind of grinned. And she realized that she turned around, slapped him on the bottom, and he cried. She's like, that's better. You're in church. So, and that's how some people feel. When I'm in church, I'm supposed to be, you know, that. That's not what it is. We have joy. And so, how do we express this joy that we found? Well, Psalm 126 (laughs) is an incredible psalm. It's called a song of ascents. And so, when the people were going to Jerusalem to the temple, they would recite these psalms. Listen to what they said. This is Israel talking about when they first got to go back to the temple after being exiled. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. The other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. Lord, as streams renew the desert, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They will weep as they go to plant their seed, but they will sing as a return with harvest. What was the Israelites saying as they rejoiced, as they recited this psalm? Even though my situation may not be exactly what I thought, even though right now I may not see it, I can still have joy. When they came back, remember they got out of exile, what were they thinking? We're home. What did they come back to? A destroyed temple, destroyed walls. And they said, Lord, I know it's not there yet. We're not here yet, but we still have joy. So how do we express this joy? Well, we rejoice even when things don't go like we planned. Even when life's not what we think it is, we can still rejoice. We can still have joy. This is what we see at Christmas time. Jesus came in non-ideal circumstances to people who were non-ideal. Remember, Mary and Joseph, they weren't high society people. They were what? They were ordinary. They were common. They probably thought, I'll come into the world and I'll go out and everything will stay just the same. 
So we rejoice even when things don't go like we plan. <clears throat> An author named Rufus Jones wrote a book called The Inner Life. This is what he said. True joy is not a thing of moods, not a capricious emotion tied to fluctuating experiences. It's a state and condition of the soul. It survives through pain and sorrow, and like a subterranean spring, waters the whole life. It's intimately allied and bound up in love and goodness, and it's deeply rooted in the life of God. Joy is not a thing of moods. It's not how I feel. It's what I know. So even when things don't go the way I think it is, or I think they should, if I'm telling God I think things should be done this way, I can still have what? Joy, right? And we trust God for future blessings while we rejoice in what he's doing now. They said, Lord, restore our fortunes. <laughs> Lord, as we go out, we plant in tears, help us reap in joy. They were asking God to do things and rejoicing in what he was doing right now. And so guys, as we celebrate Christmas, it's not always what we think it should. Life may not always be where we think it should be. But don't wish the days away. Don't keep thinking, one of these days I'll have joy. One of these, things, one of these days things will get better and then I can be happy. No. Have joy now. Because joy is found in Christ. Not in our circumstances. Some of you might look back and say, you know, some of the happiest times of my life were when I was poor. <laughs> some of the happiest times of my life were when my house was a mess and and the kids were running wild, but I still had joy because I still had it in Christ. So, even though we know God hasn't finished with us yet, we can still rejoice where we're at. So what do we do with this joy? What do we do with this joy that we find in Christ? We're supposed to give it away. Joy is meant to be shared. The shepherds went and they said, hey, look, we found this Jesus. We found this one that the world has been waiting for. And what did they do? They went and told everyone they could find. They went and told every single person they could find about this joy that they had found. Psalm 98, verses 2 through 4 says, The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He's remembered his love and faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. And so I know some of you are sitting here thinking, Pastor, it's easy for you to say because your life's easy. We all have troubles, don't we? We all have problems. We all have crazy family members that irritate us. We all have neighbors who play their music too loud. We all have people in school that just live to make us frustrated. We all have that. So we all need to remember that joy is found in our relationship with Christ. And so one thing we can do at Christmas time, you know, giving away joy, is to stop and count how blessed we really are. I know you're saying, oh, I've heard this a billion times. But I want you to take a moment and think about this. What are some great things God has done in your life this last year? What are some great things God is doing in your life right now? Even if you're in the midst of transition, if you're in the midst of trouble, what are some things God has done in you? And this is what we see all throughout the book of Psalms. Because David wrote a lot of the Psalms when he was running from Saul. David was rightful king. And he wrote quite a few psalms while he was on the run for his life. And what did he do in those? He thanked God. He rejoiced, even though he was in the midst of trouble. And the shepherds had been waiting for the Messiah for generations and generations and generations. 
And the angel comes and says, hey, I've got good news of great joy. This Messiah you've been waiting on is here. And he's a baby. <laughs> they were waiting on a what? A conqueror, a warrior. So God did something totally different, but he knew exactly what he needed to do. God didn't bring us to the Savior that we wanted. He brought us the Savior that we needed. And sometimes in life, we think God needs to do things a certain way. We think God should do things the way we think it should be done. He doesn't always give us what he want or what we want. He gives us what we need. Luke 2, verse 17 through 20, what I just talked about. When they had seen him, when they had seen the Messiah, when they had seen Jesus the baby, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. And then they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen. And so, here's the thing. Joy is not limited. There's not a limited supply of joy to go around. We can share it. What are some things we do at Christmas time? We give, right? We give gifts. One of the things we do in our culture, we give gifts away. Why do we do that? Do we give it hoping we'll get something better in return? Maybe. <laughs> some people do. But that's not why we do it. Why do we do it? To symbolize the joy that we have, and we're giving that away to other people. Now, I know some of you, you know, your love language is giving and doing all that sharing. Some of your love language is receiving. You know, it works. But we give gifts practically to say, this is what God has done. Why do we have this huge tree full of gifts for people we don't even know? Because we're sharing the joy of Christmas. We're sharing what God has done in our lives with others who don't have that yet. There was a story about a judge... He was presiding over his courtroom, and he was in kind of a good mood. Christmas was coming, you know, and he was, he was kind of happy. And so this prisoner gets brought before him and says, what are you charged with? And the prisoner said, well, I was doing my Christmas shopping early. The judge said, well, that's not a crime. How early were you doing? He said, before the store opened. <laughs> Don't do that. But what we do is we give gifts away. We share the love of others. We tell others about what Jesus has done in our life. And then we demonstrate what God has done in our lives by our lifestyle. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. <laughs> you know, I ended a little bit early today because what I want us to do is take some time while the worship team plays. And I want you to take a look at your life and say, Lord, I am so thankful for what you've done. I'm so thankful for the joy that you brought. Now, I know some of you, we're going to pray. Some of you need God to do something to fill you with joy. Some of us need to take a few moments and just think about all the great stuff God has done in our lives. So Father, I just pray right now, all across this room, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I know some of us here are in great situations. Lord, life is going well. We're blessed. We're thankful. Lord, I pray that you would bring back to mind all the great things you've done, all the good things that we have to be thankful for. Well, I know there are some here today that are in really tough situations. Life's not going how we thought it should. Lord, I pray that you would fill those hearts with joy today. Lord, I pray that we would walk out of this room having really experienced the joy of God in our hearts. Lord, I pray for those who need strength. Lord, that you would strengthen them today. So as we take time to reflect, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. So all of this room, if you're physically able, would you stand this morning?
with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you just to kind of get along with God. And if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I hear you talking about this joy that comes in a relationship with God, and I don't have that. Right now, I don't, if I was to be really honest, I would say I'm pretty far from God. I don't have this relationship that you're talking about. I've never asked Him to forgive my sins, or, or maybe I did a long time ago, but I'm not really walking in that right now. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? I want to pray with you this morning. All right, if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor, I need joy. Life is just really not where I thought it would be right now. And I just really need God to fill me with joy. But you would just slip your hand up right where you're at. I just need God to give me some joy today. All right, if you raise your hand, would you just come up to the front? Just find a spot up here, and we're going to have some people come and pray with you. This is what a church family does. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. So if you said, I just need joy, would you just come up, find a spot? We're going to ask some people to come and pray with you. Anyone else? Pastor, I just need joy. All right. If you're willing, would you come up and find one of these people and just lay a hand on their shoulder and just pray for them? And if you're not, if you don't need joy right now, if you're doing pretty well, I want you to take some time and just thank the Lord for what He's done in you. So, Lord, right now, I just come and got to pray for these who said they need joy. Lord, I pray that you would come and you would fill their hearts today with joy this Christmas season. Lord, life may not be going exactly how they thought it was or how they thought it should. But God, I pray that you would fill their hearts with joy in you, not in their circumstances, but in you. Father, I pray that you give grace, that you give strength, that you give peace. Lord, for those who are in a pretty good spot, God, I pray that we would remember what you've done in our lives. And we would, like Mary, treasure these things in our hearts so when we go through difficult times later, we would remember how good you've been.